Yo, so this year was like, actually, I'm gonna keep it real with you. It didn't start off like all that crazy, but like now with like DMX potentially being on his way out, yo, like that shit is so crazy to me, bro. Like he was to me from like 2007, 2011, he was like my probably one of my favorite, him and TI and Outkast were like who I was listening to the most. It just really fucking hurts because it's like after seeing everything he overcame, you didn't think that this this was gonna how it was gonna go down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I thought he had a grip on everything, bro. Like even as fragile as it looked, like he had a grip on everything. And yeah, I, I was gonna say like like um when I was younger, um the music that I listened to most was like Linkin Park or the music that I can remember first listening to the first album I bought was Linkin Park and like stuff like that. But um it was also like pop rap. And DMX is sticks out to me, Party Up especially, uh, sticks out to me as something that I remember listening to like all the time. Like I, something I shouldn't have been listening to because I was in like first grade. But it's like one of the first songs I remember ever listening to. And it's just really I mean, sad to hear about this, you know? I mean, yeah, bro. Because I remember you playing Def Jam Vendetta when we were younger too, bro. Like fucking, of course you were on that DMX shit, bro. That was... That was my favorite character on, on Def Jam Vendetta. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that was the only nigga I used. I'm, I'm gonna keep it, him and um and and uh, I'm, I'm no cap a uh, fucking uh, Joe Budden too, bro. Like Joe Budden, yeah, <laughs> the big ass, nigga. big ass red hood. Yeah, this year really, again, it wasn't entirely too crazy, but like with Philly starting off murderous, as bad as it's been, and now DMX being on his way out is just like. Like, damn, bro, what the fuck's going on with the state of the world right now, bro? Like, just what what hit? You know what I mean? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like? I mean, it's crazy, like, because, like, following the story, it seemed like he was, like, doing okay. And it seemed like he had kind of, like, gone through, like, a, um an, like an overdose like this before. So, like, there were kind of, like, questions about, you know, how he was going to uh, be able to overcome it. Um, but now it just... As of now, as of the time we're recording, it seems like it's taking a pretty bad turn. Yeah, because yeah, TMZ, I mean, um, has been pretty, like, following this pretty much, which, you know, is unfortunate, unfortunate that they're always the ones who update us on this stuff. Like, you know, with the Kobe stuff, they were the ones who were, like, on it and stuff like that. And it's very sad because they make their money off of this shit, but they keep it accurate. And it's really sad to hear um, that, you know, they, they were saying that he was off life support and that he was breathing on his own and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, TMZ was like, nope, that's that's not true. Uh, his publicist came out and said that it's not true. And, uh, yeah, again, it just looks like it's going in a generally bad direction. He's not he's not he hasn't passed away yet, but it seems like it's like headed that way. And um, just really fucking sad because dr- drug addiction is a real thing. Drug addiction is a really sad thing. Drug addiction is something that, you know, takes people's lives every single day. And, um, it's just, you know, when, when someone like this, who's made such a huge impact on the, on the industry and on, on music and on people's lives in general, um, you know, is, is slowly passing away. It's just like, you know, you can't do anything, but just listen out for the updates. End of the day, like DMX is, he should be goaded. You know what I mean? Them first three albums alone were like incredible, bro. Like, look, like. I want it better for him, you know what I mean? Like this is this is not this is this is what people foretold for him, you know what I mean? And I never wanted people to be right. Cause then people always wishing the worst on people, you know what I'm saying? And it just it sucks. Like 
I just, like it's been fucking me up since my shift last night, bro. Cause like I said, I literally stopped listening to rap for a little bit because when Drake came out with first, uh, what was that song? Um, best I ever had. I was big into DMX and like a fucking bird. I was like, yo, this don't go as hard as DMX. So I started going fucking, <laughs> fucking, uh, in all different types of avenues and shit. And that's how I got to like extreme metal and shit. Cause it's like, you go on MySpace, you, you in touch with the, the with like, old heads of DMX fans and then the younger DMX fans take you over here to what else is hard. You find this that takes you to the next thing and then somehow you went to, you in extreme metal, bro. And it's just like, Fact. this nigga, he's just always been a part of my life, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I love him to death and like the fact that he's going, like, it's pretty inevitable. I mean, his family is visiting him or at least 10 hours ago it said they, they were flying in to visit him because he's, uh, it, it's not looking good. That shit, that shit really fucking, that shit, it was like a stab to the heart, bro. And I just, I hope we're all wrong. I hope everybody's wrong. I hope that he just, he just powers through it the same way Lamar Odom did. And I just, uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm fucking, I'm just, I'm, I'm fucked up from it. You know what I mean? He's, again, he should be goaded in my opinion. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think before we get into our discussion and the rest of the news, we can just kick it to Troy for, like, the final thoughts and, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say, like, I'm, I was the uh, – I mean, I am the biggest – I'm not going to say that I am the biggest uh, DMX fan. Um, But, you know, I still can appreciate, like, the art of it, you know. Like, come on. Like, who doesn't know X going to give it to you? You know what I mean? Like, that is that song's just iconic. They play that everywhere. You know, everyone knows that song. Everyone knows DMX. Everyone everyone loves DMX, dude. Like, uh, I remember, like, um, like when I used to wrestle in high school, we would always put on um, <laughs> DMX while, while, we, uh, while we spar and shit. Like, it gets you hype. gets the people going. Same. They always played DMX yeah. <laughs> all the time. They always played uh, Rough Riders Anthem and intro and shit. Yeah, mm -hmm. Rough Riders Anthem is like, you know how Chop Suey's my favorite song? Mm -hmm. Right under it is Rough Riders Anthem, bro. I know every single word to that thing, bro. Like, if a gun, if a nigga came to my, came up to me with a gun to my head and was like, recite a song word for word, I'm going right to Rough Riders Anthem by default. Like, mm -hmm. that shit's incredible, bro. Mm -hmm. But yeah, go ahead, TZ. My fault. That's, that song gets me hype every time it gets bought up. <laughs> No, that's all. That's all I was gonna gonna say. Like, um, I mean, I was like kind of googling him a little bit just to get like a see what what's the big most like updated update. But um, not sure yet. Uh, but you know, it's real nice to see like people are like rallying and like in like prayer vigils like outside the hospital for him and stuff out in like in New York. You know what I mean? Like he, he was really loved by the hip hop community. I thought like by everybody. Um, by everybody. yeah, everybody uh, fucked with DMX. I mean. You know what's crazy is like um I was driving on the way up with my parents from Jersey up here and one of the cities you pass is White Plains and mm -hmm. my mom was like, Oh look at that, it's a White Plains is like uh fucking we're just talking about that city for a little bit because we used to go up there and shop and shit. She mm -hmm. was like, Oh, they got a really nice hospital. I'm like, yeah, she's like, Maybe you work there someday. I'm like, Yeah, maybe. And then DMX is in that same exact hospital. It's like when uh, the nigga from the Sixers died. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Moses Malone, was it? I was in Lehigh, like across from the hospital where they have, um, they had like this plaza and shit, what I think is like a Dollar Tree and all that. Mm -hmm. I went over there to get like some water because I, I was feeling like sick. And 
fucking this is like a whole troop of like ambulances and shit going in and then an hour later it's announced that that Moses Malone was uh was dead in Lehigh. That shit was crazy, bro. So but going back to the original thing, dude, DMX goaded one hundred percent and it really hurts to, that the inevitable is going to happen like pretty much at any moment now. And again I hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But God damn, dog! It, it, it's it's a huge loss. It's irreplaceable. There's nobody like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, our, our viewership is not is not too crazy. Don't don't mean to get into the analytics or whatever. Our viewership is not too crazy, so Spotify is probably not gonna track us down and find us. So fuck it. I'm playing intro. Here's the anti podcast, guys. Pray for DMX. Putting his music in the group chat for like. No, he said, "What is he going to jail for?" So yeah, oh, was he going to jail, jail for? It? Yeah. Um, he was wrong place, wrong time, and he had nothing to do with what was going on. He was just fucking around with like shady people at the time, and they threw it, and the feds were like on them, and he didn't talk, so he got fucked up. So, really? Yeah, he's so good. He's so Wait, good, bro. So, what was then, the event that happened though? Why? How did he get arrested? I mean, what? all he like. I was listening to a clip from a certain um, from a certain fucking thing that I'm not going to mention. But um, okay, so it's possession no- of a firearm and uh, drug trafficking crime. Again, none that he again. Listen to him. I'll send you the link. Um, listen to any interview that he he's done. Matter of fact, when he talks about the jail sentence, and he all he says is, "I was with the wrong people at the wrong time." Ultimately, that's what fucked me up. Because, you know, possession of firearm doesn't mean it's on your person, right? Like, if if the, if the nigga next to you has it, both of you could be in possession of that firearm. You feel what I'm saying? There's, like, a whole thing with that. That's why um, that's what uh, they're trying to do with a young boy right now with the, the firearm thing that, that he got. I was gonna say, Rio is—he's the voice. Yeah, this shit, different bag is so hard. Oh my god, it's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> Yo, uh, you know we're recording, right? <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna use this for the episode, right? <laughs> oh, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were discussing like the next topic. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, we're, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
we kind of worry. Yeah, yeah, we are discussing is. the next topic. E, e, what no, do you think about no, Rio Day no, no, going to jail? No, 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 All right, bro. I'm gonna remember this one. I got you. I got you. It's a late April Fool's prank playing on Eve. So, are, are you a fan of Rio's music, Eve? Not like a huge fan because you know Ryan just put me on, but. Um, like I can, I, I like his like top five songs. I would say, you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. The stuff that I have heard from Rio, like uh, Paranoid, I really like that song a lot. And like, um, yeah, I mean, it sucks. Like that, you know, another artist got like caught up in some bullshit, and now we can't get music from mm-hmm. them. But yeah, like I hope, I hope everything, you know, for, for like for him and his family, uh, everything goes well, and I hope that he's like safe in there. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, bro, with the music thing, he actually said on his last interview um, that he put out, he has like legitimately like a hundred and something good songs. And then like six songs that he knows when they drop, he's going to be financially set for at least like three or four years while he's in jail. So That's tough. That's really tough. We're going to keep, he also has like two albums with RMC Mike. I think he has a few songs with Ice Wear. And uh, he's got an album with Yachty, he said, I think. And he's he's got albums with plenty of people. So we're going to be getting his music. But, like, I, it's still sad to see him gone because it's like, especially with Peasy coming home, which I, which I don't expect y'all to know anything about. But Peasy's like the dude that, that started that group that he's part of, the Ghetto Boys. Peasy's okay. like the OG of all this mm-hmm. shit. Peasy went to jail for a few years. Peasy comes out unexpectedly, from what I from what I was reading, at least I may be wrong. Unexpectedly, and I think it was February or, or uh, late January, and all of a sudden, like the whole shit is different because everybody was uh, was 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 yelling like "Free Peasy, Free Peasy, Free Peasy." Even that song that just came out this year with Babyface Rain, uh, Rio, is called uh, Third Time's a Charm." Fucking. Uh, on uh, Babyface Ray says, free Peasy Ho, like, you know what I mean? That song came out this year, like a month after fucking Peasy was free, so it's like... Mm-hmm. Didn't Bobby Murder say that too? Did he? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> free Peasy Ho. <laughs> free Peasy Ho. Nah, that's an old nah, ass song. Pe- nah, nah, <laughs> that was a joke. I'm a, listen, bro, that went right over my big ass head, bro. You might have said but um, but yeah, bro. It's just like to see one come out, one go in, man. That shit, that sucks. It's always like a revolving door with this type of shit, bro. The hip hop police love getting niggas, bro. They just, they just, just yanking them in, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, I mean, right now, bro. Like the how good rap looks. We still have like our blunders. Like look, look what's going on with like fucking YG right now, bro. Like. That dumbass shit. Like, I'm not gonna lie, bro. Like, listen, I'm all for fucking, fucking being more open and and changing shit around, so folks not discriminating with each other and all that shit, right? Or at each other rather. Mm-hmm. But with Meet the Flockers, this nigga didn't say anything violent towards no Asian folks, bro. He said, "Wait till they not home." And then get at them niggas, like you know what I mean. Get at the yeah, they so, don't believe in banks. Like. Yeah, to give a little bit of context, like the yeah, um, with the new um, that's actually an old YG album uh, that he had in 2014, My Crazy Life. Um, there was one song I think it just opened with basically what Ryan was saying, like um, 
it, it it did have like some racial things to it that would be kind of um bad to have on a song if it was made today but in 2013 and 2014 is pretty mild it's just basically like a uh, a very small Asian stereotype where he says that um, basically like Asian people like don't use banks. So they hire their money under the mattress. So like rob an Asian person's house. Actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, it is, it does sound kind of, yeah, man, up. it's a, like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, yeah, the, 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 the least I thing, take least, down the song. I don't know why it took down. So anyway, yeah, my, my problem is the that they took down the whole album. Like why do they yeah. take the entire album off of all streaming services? Just cause it had this off color line. And he said, uh, wait yeah. till they're not home. So I think at, at least yeah. that gave it a, a little bit of credence, a little bit of like, okay, like mm-hmm. this, this is kind of fucked up, but it's not, it, it is I mean, violence, but it's not direct yeah. violence. Let's, let's say, point let, is a lot. I just want to first say, just, you know, us and the anti-art boys, you know, we are very anti-Asian hate, you know, like we love our Asian community. Like, I think our, our deal is that they took down the whole album and, and like, instead of when they should have just taken the song. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to speak for anyone, but for me, I just think that cancel culture is kind of ridiculous sometimes. But, oh yeah, like that's just me. Um, I don't think I don't think he said anything like that was derogatory in any kind of way. He was simply <laughs> making a remark about like a cultural difference. Um, Thank you. It wasn't even like he was making a joke about it. He was just like, you know, just making a remark about it. Um, it was really about how to be a good robber, if anything. <laughs> yeah, he tells you know stories I mean? in his songs, like, and I think when you take it out of context like that, like it's almost like a movie. Like if you watch Jackie Brown, like maybe Samuel Jackson's character would have said something like that, right? I mean, yeah, just, you can take anything out of context and make it sound horrible, right? You know? It's just like that—that's the type of character he's trying to portray, and it's not—it's like a heightened version of himself. You know what I'm saying? And I just, yeah. I just, I just don't think um, taking taking the song off is fine because in in a modern context, maybe. You know, it does sound kind of instructional, I guess, in a sort of way. So I'm saying if it was made <laughs> this year, it would sound kind of instructional. I don't know. I, I don't think the entire album needed to get pulled down because of that. That's going to pull, you know, valuable streams that, you know, why you should be getting as, a, as an owner of the album. He made the album. He worked hard on it. And they're just going to take away his, you know, he probably lost a million dollars type of shit. It, it, yeah. it depends on if it was his decision or not. Right. But um, what I will say is like, look. To everybody out there listening, do you really expect a blood nigga from Compton, right, or, or from L.A., right, to, to, to come out and just be, like, fucking well, like, versed upon, like, or in all this shit that's going on right now? Mm-hmm. Do you really do you really expect that you tell you, you you're going you're gonna to tell a nigga who's seen, like, probably like 30, 50 of his own people die? Like, yo, this is what you got to verse up on. That's not on his mind, bro. And, like, I know it should be, and I'm not standing up for it, bro. But I'm saying, like, have some realistic expectations. And that song is from fucking seven years ago, nigga. Like, why now? You know what I mean? Yeah, all this time. Cause his, well, his, I, th- I think why now is the, because of what's happening with coronavirus. You know what I mean? Like, Asian violence has been up, like, by what, like fifteen hundred percent or something. Yeah, like, the, the it, numbers, it, are, the numbers are, not, are not ignorable. They're very. But they, it's, it's it happening. was just as fucked up now as it was then. That's the whole thing. It's just is it, it, if it's discriminatory, then it has always been fucked up from the jump. Yes or no? No, I I absolutely agree. It's it's been yeah. an issue for years, and and it, and it should have been taken more seriously when it was happening back then. I mean, like like look at Mark Wahlberg, right? He's yeah. a massive star. How is he not canceled? 
You know, he directly did violence against an Asian person in yeah. the in the eighties. He and it was it was a hate crime. And he's still making movies. He's still like the biggest star. And everybody forgets about it. We had to get a Ted too because y'all niggas love. What him, about man. that? They want are they going to take Mark Wahlberg's like movies off of shelves? Like uh, like Ted Ted had racist things in it about the Jews, about whatever, about this, like making racist jokes. And Mark Wahlberg was in it. Why not like remove Ted from all streaming services? See what happens. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think this is again, this is just cancel culture. Like this is the problem with cancel culture in general. It's really like I feel like it's just a way for corporations to just like protect themselves and you know, pretend like virtue signal that they care about certain things. Um, but like, yeah. realistically, like, what does this do? Like taking it down, like, especially with YG's audience, like, is this going to really, is this really going to do anything? No, this is them protecting their asset. I believe. And the whole thing is like, all these companies like to, as you said, do virtue signaling and all this shit, but are you feeding Asian folks? Are you feeding niggas? Are you, are you guarding us? Are you helping anybody of any like any fucking sort it's like oh we donated a million dollars to a you know asian lives matter fund it's like bro you make a million dollars in your sleep yeah like just like blinking and like before you go to sleep matter of fact nigga like why don't you just fucking give significant if you really want to help fund some shit bro donate don't take music off the shelves bro some of this shit is like war anthems for niggas bro you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I think this is just ultimately like a very nuanced conversation. Like the Asian diaspora is really like, you know, it's, it's diverse. Like there's, there's di- like diverse experiences. Like not every Asian person is the same. Mm-hmm. So I definitely feel like the conversation around this has just been really like, honestly, it's been really disappointing. Um, because every, no one's really taking it with any nuance. People are just like, you know. Mm-hmm trying to sound like they're saying the right thing. And I think, you know, this is the problem that we have. Like we, we're not actually going to get anywhere unless we can have like real conversations about this, but everyone's just like, so scared to even talk about it or even like, you know, have a, have a, have an opinion. Um, yeah. That upsets anyone where it's like, okay, like now we're just going to pull everyone's albums off the shelves because it had like a reference to Asian people in it. Like, it sounds very. It feels ridiculous. very algorithmic. It feels like um like a YouTube video that like references like, you know how YouTube's algorithm like will just get rid of videos if it says ISIS in it. So if, even if it's like a Vice video, like you know what is well, ISIS doing? Then we probably got our shit. Yeah. That gets the, that right gets demonetized, right? You know what I mean? It gets demonetized yeah. automatically. It just feels very algorithmic the way that um all the streaming services pulled his album off of the shelves. Like, you know, like what other songs uh had cancelable things in them, and what what is considered cancelable on the album? Like, what did he say? You know, is um is making a song about shooting people? Is that like is that going to get all taken off the shelves? Like, where does it kind of end? I just feel like, well, yeah, and like, because... what does canceling someone actually do? Like, does it actually like how is this helping anyone? <laughs> like, it's just confusing. You know, it's like the, they just take it off the shelves, the and everybody just has to decide. Like, everybody just has to be like, oh, now now YG is canceled or whatever. Like. It's you know. the easiest move to make when when you're getting looked at. That's what that's the shit that that bothers me. Yep. It's just like if you really want to enforce change, either fund it or or like fucking do something huge with your platform, bro. Don't go taking niggas shit off the shelves. You know what I mean? It start a dialogue, do all this other shit, bro. But don't be fucking with 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 shit like this that it's not even like he went out and said go fucking kill an Asian person or anything like that he said specifically wait till they not home yeah he specifically said this is how you rob them 
yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we can even look at the lyrics. It's like very. He's he's just very specific. He makes it very clear. That's like yeah. What's the what's the like, actual lyric? Because you know, I, I just don't want to get it twisted. You know. Here's the lyric in question. First, you find a okay. house and scope it out. Find mm-hmm. a Chinese neighborhood because they don't believe in bank accounts. Second, you find a crew and a driver. Someone ring the doorbell and someone uh, that ain't scared to do it uh, to want to do it. Third, you pull up to the spot, park, watch, ring the doorbell, and knock. Uh, four, make sure nobody is home. They gone. It's okay. Like, go in, basically, right? Like, you yeah. scope it out, make sure that they're not home, and then you go in and you steal their money. He's literally just saying, find a good mark. Like, it, there's so many communities that don't believe in banks, not just Asian people. Like, right. He should, he, and where's he from? LA, right? Like, yep. he's in. He's Everybody's in, in dire like, circumstances. California and living together. Yeah. And is a state with lots of Asian people. Like, it's not a coincidence. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's right. not. It, this is just, this is just regular talk. Like, mm. this is just like a very specific here. to his situation and geographical location. Is that what you're trying yeah. to say? Yeah, I agree with yeah, him on that. I though. Mean, yeah, it's it's literally just his neighborhood. Like, if he was in a neighborhood with like, you know what I mean, like Iranian people, and they didn't right. <laughs> like you know, believe in banks, like he would say that. Like, it's yeah, it's, it's so it's such a weak like reason to cancel someone. Yeah, it's just like the context of it. Like, there's this um, there's this artist out in California who I really enjoy. Um, his name is Koreatown Oddity. He lives in Koreatown in somewhere in California, I think San Francisco. And it's like, it's called Koreatown, right? But the neighborhood is like mostly black. So it's just like they live, like he, he might live, this character or yeah. like YG might like literally live in a Chinese neighborhood. Like, I mean, we all like see do the right thing in medicine in California. society. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like black people and Asian people live around each other. Right. Like all the time. Yo, Eve, yo, bro, you you did a you did a Dirk Nowitzki turnaround fade with that one right there, bro. That was perfect, bro. <laughs> that was crazy. But look, let me say this, bro. It's just um, people are tripping. Like, like, what are you talking about right now? Like, it's just so silly to me, bro. Like, I grew up like around all types of people. Like, and in the hood, bro, nobody's really fucking talking about this shit. Like, nobody gives a fuck about like this shit right now this is like some shit that only like pitchfork employees like would actually give a fuck about you know what i mean like i'm saying but for real like the whole thing is like the reason why niggas go at it because it could potentially potentially affect money and here's the whole thing no progress is made nothing comes from it and at the end of the day what are you doing for any of this shit you know what i'm saying and when i look at yg when I think about this shit, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm like, they won't, they won't do shit when it comes to gun violence, when mm-hmm, it comes mm-hmm. to, when it comes to funding these young niggas that dying out the, out here, you know what I'm saying? Their funerals. You hear a lot of horror stories from like, um, mothers of deceased young rappers being like, yo, like, uh, to, I, I don't know if this is one is, is legit, but I'm just gonna throw a record label out there. But like, Interscope didn't even fucking bat an eye for the funeral. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. a lot of these people have to shoulder the burdens as much as the fucking record label is willing to throw money at them while these little niggas was towing guns in front of the cameras. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? While they was towing guns and dancing on tables. You feel me? They won't do shit. Right. I, I feel like the record labels are so far removed from this stuff, and like, they don't have to see the violence firsthand. Like. They don't have to like, like there's a song about somebody getting shot, right? And somebody dying. Like somebody experienced that firsthand and the record label is just commercializing it. Like record executives have never seen someone die in front of them and that kind of stuff. And it just, they're so far removed from it and they're just completely monetizing it. You and know why, you know why Lil Dirk makes so much money? 
Because his fucking label loves him. Because his fucking, his label fucking loves him, bro. I know he's got his own OTF thing, but they connected with something else. Mm-hmm. But it's like, this dude has literally seen an absurd amount of his own close people die, bro. And who's that and rapper who, has, who made it on PTSD? Who was that again? That was G Herbo. G Herbo. Right. F- Same Herbal. thing. His, his record label also loves him. You know what I mean? 56 dead niggas in his life, bro. 56. Mm-hmm. That's insane, bro. Him and Dirk could put together the amount of dead people that they know, folks that was close to them, have a whole fucking community. That's nuts. You yeah. know what I mean? That's a whole graduating class, bro. And mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's fucked up. It's fucked up. What are you doing to affect this? Because it's still young niggas dying in Chicago. You know what I mean? It's still young niggas dying in LA. It's still young niggas dying in Jersey, New York. Philly. Like, what are you doing? Philly Philly yeah. right now is as hot as it's ever been. Like, what are you going to do? That's pretty what bad. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you really, if y'all really want change, how about instead of taking the music off the shelves, you fucking use the money that you fucking shoveled in from the music and help some folks out? That's all I got to say. Yeah, they, they make so much money and like they spend it on a, just excess. You know what I mean? Just like just investing in cryptocurrency that goes bankrupt and, and it goes in the trash and it's like a scam, right? You know what I mean? They'd rather try and just throw a million dollars into cryptocurrency and see where it goes rather than like just give a million dollars directly to a neighborhood where they're, right. you know, Amazon is in or give them fucking rights like like Amazon, like how they're not letting their employees unionize. Right. Completely mm-hmm. fucked. That's yeah. completely fucked, bro. You know what I mean? It's just like the, the, the separation between the worker who actually does the, the work and the company is so separate. And it's just like the amount of money the company is making like per employee, you know, like, like off of like an Amazon employee, like they're worth so much money because if they stop working, if all of them stop working, like Amazon doesn't get to ship anything out right. at all. Right. They are the, the company. So I don't understand. Well, it's a cycle say, of right? exploitation. And they do the same with rappers. I feel like, you know, it's completely ridiculous. That's a that's a discussion that that we gotta we should save for another thing because that's gonna lead to like every avenue available. Yeah, but well, we can talk about that true. a little bit later when we it's talk true. about our favorite albums this year because I mean that's all stuff that kind of pops up, you know, themes. You know what I mean? Hundred, yeah, for sure. Yo, 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 Pia, you wanna come out? Even when a nigga broke, he had class. All my life, I probably sold a million hat. A lot of niggas talk this shit, don't know the hat. Never seen a nigga moving so fast. And if I lose a nigga, I get it back. And if I lose a nigga, I get it back. All my life, I probably sold a million hats. A lot of niggas talk this shit, don't know the half. Work, 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 trap, go. All right, so uh, now like the first like quarter of the year is up, I guess. Um, and we're post, not, not post pandemic, but we're post like. Maybe we're kind of out of the we're in the like we're out of the storm a little bit. It's getting better. It's getting, it's, better. It's getting a little bit better. I feel like maybe bit, yeah. you know um, things are going to get better like in the next couple of quarters. Like I think by the end of the year, by like December, we're gonna f- have like a really really good album because like people are gonna want to tour it. These albums, I feel like people are more experimenting, and it's a lot of smaller names that are actually standing out to me than the um, like the bigger names. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel that. I agree. Like. Yeah, it's been a challenge in this first half of the year to find, like, bigger names that are releasing and stuff. But there's been a lot of cool stuff developing in you know more niche areas, I think. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, all the albums of the year that I um, found, like, I asked you guys to compile, like, your top five albums of the year. 
Um, I found a lot of very uh, interesting themes, like within the kind of music that we chose. A lot of them were EPs. You know what I mean? Like some of them were short albums, like the um, mm-hmm. what was that one R&B album that came out at the beginning of the year? I forgot the name of it. Oh, Jasmine Sullivan. Hotels. Hotels, Hotels, right? Oh, yeah, Hotels. That was that was actually an EP. It felt like an album, didn't it? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I I loved um, Hotels. Like um, she was just amazing on like every single song, and like um, mm-hmm. yeah. Plus, I really liked. Um, it was kind of like refreshing to um, have this perspective, you know. Uh, of a hoe. Like the, of a hoe. Right. <laughs> Bro, I loved, you know, all those interludes were so funny. Like, um, like all the stories that they were telling each other. Yeah, all the moms like, like, like wanting to get like the, like if you want a washing machine or you want new clothes or something, like you're going to fuck your husband or whatever. Like that's like ho shit or whatever. It was like, and then it's like, they're all like laughing in the living room. You know, it's very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Plus like, uh, her voice on it is just amazing. Like, um, I love to, like pick up your feelings. I, I think that's like one of the stronger songs on the album, uh, which like breaks up with that dude, and then like um, she's singing about like you know, yeah, like when you come by, like come get your shit, come pick up your feelings, like because I don't want them anymore. You, you know what I mean? Like I right. think that was, that was a really cool, uh, that was a really cool song. Yeah, was that in your top five albums, or did you put that in there? Uh, did you listen to that? Um, I did listen to Hotels, but it was not my top five. My top five was mostly compiled yeah. of like yeah, punk. That, that was the other rock. thing. Very, very genre yeah. heavy with you guys. Yeah. I saw yeah. you had a lot of metal and like punk and pop punk specifically. Mm, yeah. I mean, so I can go through it real quick. So I did, um, this one band called Pink Shift. They just came out with an album. I'm going to give them a review, mm-hmm. but they, um, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's called Saturin. If that's how you pronounce it, but um, it was a really cool, like pop punk album, very like uh, not panic, but like more uh, Paramore, like influence kind of um, kind of vibe. And then I had uh, I had like some smaller bands. Uh, I had a band called Pulses, which is like a like a metalcore, um, but like very experimental band. Um, and then I had another band called Home Is Where. Um, and that band is more like a, that's like an acoustic, it's punk, but it's like, it was an acoustic album. Um, mm-hmm. and I had Draco and Chemtrails too. Um, so yeah, those were, those, those were like the top five that I had, but yeah, very genre heavy for me. Um, I'm looking forward. I saw that you had some, like some cool rock in there and some cool post-punk in there. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Like shame. Um, yeah, I'm that, a, cool. that was the one I wanted to bring up. I absolutely love the shame album. I was listening to that today. Um, oh yeah, it, it's just really weird because um, I follow a lot of these random kind of uh, Instagram pages um, that that promote music. Um, there was this one I think it's called like a meme shaped pool. They posted um, that <laughs> shame was that their that their sh- uh, shame was the album of the year, and the slow tie album was also the other album of the year that they had. So I listened to both of those. I love the pop punk sound of the two of them, and especially the shame album, like the song six one harsh degrees, um, like alphabet, like all those songs. It feels like you're moshing. It's very, um, the mix is very live. It feels like, you know? Yeah. Like I was surprised that you had this in here. Um, this is their, this is their second release, right? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really like their first album too much. I liked the second album the most because, um, time signatures are really weird. And like the influences that they have on this album, I think are, um, you know, they're like, they're using their influences, but they're kind of doing their own shit with it. Yeah. Yeah, it, like, the punk scene right now is, like, really cool. Um, and just, like, the rock scene in general. Um, 
Yeah, it feels yeah. like some cool shit's about to happen. What are you gonna say? I was gonna say, Ryan. Uh, do you remember me showing you that album, the Shame album? I uh, I went back to it like maybe once. Mm-hmm. But, like it was. With that, with that being said, it wasn't any. It wasn't like I wasn't fucking with it because I loved it. It's mm-hmm. just something that like because I've been so focused on like like uh was was going on in Michigan and all that shit. Um, I yeah, just you, yours was very genre heavy too. I feel like it was like a lot of um. Yeah, his was all Michigan and Detroit like Flint and like offshoots kind of like and then, then LA, yeah, and connects, LA. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was mm-hmm. mostly Midwest because like that's fun, man. I mean, I, it's, it's it's just what I'm what I've been on. I mean, to to tell the listeners what, what type of shit I've been on. Hold on, let me pull it up. My five albums from, from uh, this year so far is like number one, I got that uh, Draco the Ruler album. Fucking number two, the Only the Family uh, OTF Loyal Bros album. Yeah. Uh, number three, Fraser Trills Fraser Trill albums. That's literally what it's called. It's a self-titled album. Uh, number four, Babyface Rays, Unfuckwittable. And number five, uh, Drago's uh, Crazy Man, which has my song of the year on it by far. But, um, I mean... What song is that? Popovich. Oh, Popovich, yeah. <laughs> Popovich is... I showed, when I showed E. Popovich, this dude broke out dancing where he was. <laughs> oh, yo, I was listening to that at the deli today. Yo, Popovich is tough, dude. Popovich um, is tough. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's so good, right? Well, he, he, this, this man said the most, like, if you a basketball fan, you really got to appreciate this shit. When this nigga said, you don't want me to call a play like I'm Popovich. I ain't ready to call the 16s like Stoyakovich. Like, like we <laughs> It's really good. That shit had me, that shit, that shit almost made me fall to my knees like my grandma getting the spirit. Like, this shit was crazy, bro. Like, bro, when I, when I tell you, I was outraged. When I, this song. I was outraged because it was like I was when when Ryan was showing me Michigan, like I was like, "There's no fucking way this is this good." I, I was like, "This has got to be like this has got to be trash in some sort of way." But it's really just like the most unique sound and like take on this like you know what I mean like this this like turnt music shit that I've seen in a minute like. It, it, it's really taking all the shit that like people have been doing for the last like twenty years and like just taking it to a new level. I feel like like and I, it, it, it'll be really like telling to me if like the hip hop community can embrace this and keep going forward with it, or if we're gonna reject it. Because I definitely feel like if we go forward with like you know what I mean, people like taking this mentality towards their music and just having more fun and shit. Like we could have something really cool and interesting, but I don't know. That, yeah, I agree with that, and I think that, that the hip hop community has been embracing of it because, like, look yeah. at what, um, look at what Icewear and Dirt got a song coming out. Yeah, Up bro. Go, it comes out this yeah. Thursday. Thursday, bro. And Future and him got a got a few songs together too. It's like he, damn. He wanted, like, yeah, it's it's like I haven't heard niggas online talking about it, but you have been seeing like artists like dropping so you know what I mean? Like you have been seeing these artists doing these collabs, like absolutely right. Yeah, and and on uh, on unfuckwittable babyface Ray out of nowhere got money bag yo. And Moneybag, yeah. like Moneybag fucking loved that. It's like he he bodied that track. So it's like that's why mm-hmm. and on top of that too, it's like everybody's fucking because like go back to the Draco the Ruler album, which is my personal like favorite one this year. 
There's a lot of Michigan niggas on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Icewear is on it. Crispy Life Kid is on it. Snap Dog is on it. Like, it's Michigan right now is the most booming thing to me. The Midwest as a whole, because I think Chicago personally is the golden right. city of rappers. But we'll get to that another day. But um, fucking the Midwest as a whole is just like one giant fire in terms of music. Yeah. And Freddie, is Freddie Gibbs considered Midwest? Yeah, yeah, from Illinois. Yeah, he, He's, yeah, he's the he's most fire rapper on the planet, in my opinion. He's the, he, alive, he's the best rapper, 100%. Uh, un, untouched. untouched. I, I, I cannot, you know, put him on a, a song with anybody, and he's better than him. <laughs> All right, he's, uh, like, he's from Indiana. Y'all better put my man Westside in there, my man Conway in there. <laughs> oh, man, did, did you hear, uh, what, what the fuck is that song? Um, It's like, what the, oh, what is it called? It's like 500 ounces or something like that on... um. Yeah, yeah, for 5, yeah, yeah, that one. Five thousand um, ounces. This five, shit is crazy. That one, yeah. Westside actually does. Yeah. yeah, he actually does body Freddie on that song. That's right. I, I put that in my review. Westside, Westside can kill it sometimes. Yeah, um, you, you won actually. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, he's so brutal but, with it. Oh my god. But, but yeah, that like, song Ronda Rousey, bro. Oh my god. Yo, so good. It's so, so fucking good, good bro. Yeah. And that other song, this that, like that, them feel like moments from the Carter, bro. Like with Lil Wayne just yeah. slowed it down. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Ronda Rousey like, hit so well. Yo, like that three song where it's this that Popovich and Ronda Rousey. Like I always yeah. look forward to that. Yeah, like, yeah. I. And fucking the y'all gotta get hit to this uh this this fucking Fraser Trill album. Cause yeah, I was heard. listening to that a little bit, and that shit was like, bro, yeah. when did that come out? It came out January. Damn, I'm late, bro. Yeah, I mean this is <laughs> this shit is hard. This shit is hard. Evolution. Oh my god, Pierre does this thing all over this tape. Yep. I'm saying, bro, like it up until Draco the Ruler albums came out, this was that was my favorite album this year. So, like, y'all gotta get hip to it, man. And just I'll, take any of these five albums and run with it. I guarantee y'all, I didn't put y'all onto no bullshit. I promise you that. I know. This is with the guys in mind, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, Fraser Trill is amazing. I, I, everything that Pierre does is like, honestly, the Chavo album. The Jelly album and that album, like I, I listen to those constantly. It's just so easily listenable. You just like you just make a peer compilation, everything that he's ever produced. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like it just all has such a fluid sound, like from when he started to now. It's just like it, a peer beat is a peer beat, no matter what. And on on you know me and me Troy John and uh, our friend James were listening to that one time playing Mario Kart, and mm-hmm. it was it was an, it was amazing, bro. It was like yo peer, you want to come out here like every like two minutes, <laughs> you know? New beat, new rapper. Yeah, so Pierre's the most talented producer, like you know, working today. Yep, Teasy, My- what you been on, buddy? Yes, for me, like, the top five albums I have for the year so far: um, uh, Chemtrails Over the Country Club, Lana Del Rey. Um, let's say I've talked about that enough. Um, Hotels by um, Jasmine Sullivan. Uh, I love that album. I-, I, thought, I thought it was really good. I thought it's super soulful. Um, yeah, plus, I don't know, I kind of like how she uses like, her sexuality, like, in it a lot, of how, like, it's kind of like a superpower, you know, like she says on, on the album. Um, and then my next couple of albums is gonna be the Arlo Parks album, uh, Claps and Sunbeams. Uh, yeah, she's, uh, from the UK. She's, um, I don't even want to say, like, R&B. It's, like, kind of, like, indie pop a little bit. It, yeah, it reminds um, me of, like, lo-fi, like, Radiohead or something. There's a lot... There's definitely a Radiohead, yeah. uh, like, lo-fi kind of 
strum guitar influence type of shit on on there that I can hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super lo-fi. Um, yeah, it's real interesting like what she's doing on there and how she's able to like like I think this is like her first like big album. Like I think of her debut studio album. And uh, yeah, she's doing some pretty big things. I can't wait to like follow her career as she keeps going. Uh, and then I have uh, the Weezer album that they that they had uh, earlier this year. Uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, it was pretty good. I thought it was um, probably the better uh, Weezer album to date since um, like the t- early two thousands, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I thought that they came yeah. in. I, I was just surprised because you you named like your top three albums, and then I saw that you. I remember you gave like Weezer like a, a B or something like that, which is like yeah. a, that's a pretty good grade. And I did listen to the Weezer album, and like I actually would tend to agree with you. Um, I surpri- surprisingly, I, I didn't know that Weezer like still made music that was good. <laughs> that was listenable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me it, was, it was good. It was like very like very tasteful, very like mature. You know, you know what I mean. The, the music strikes me as like very immature and like kind of like it's almost like Smash Mouth. At a certain point, where it's like Beverly Hills is such like a meme, it's such a bad song. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a great song. <laughs> uh, that's no, so trash. no, but, <laughs> but yeah, but you're right though. Like they they really have like kind of grown up and like are able to like be more serious. And I think they have some like, real ser- uh, serious like points of view, especially like doing this album in the pandemic. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they make some really good, uh, social commentary about, like, uh, how everyone's always, like, like looking at their phones now. Like, everybody's just, <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're, like, old men in that type of uh, way. But now they're just being, like, you know, schools, schools, like, you're looking at a screen, <laughs> you watch a TV through a screen, you're doing the, you so know, it's, like, it's... <laughs> you're killing the appeal for this album for me, bro. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. You can probably cut that. Um, no, no, no but just, like, I'm, I'm just joking with you, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think uh, no. I think pandemic stuff is so funny to me because like um, I, I really, I really did think that they handled it well, and I, I feel like so many artists handle it so badly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Like uh, honestly, though, like I, I do think like like SNL, music- ter- like SNL, right? S- pandemic SNL is like a prime example to me. Yeah, that that was real bad. Like the worst fucking shit, right? Yeah, it was real cringy. They tried to do yeah two Zoom episodes twice. It was fucking terrible. Yeah, it was just like really um, tragic to me, in my opinion. So like, like to, to hear like Weezer like artistically like capture that is like is really was really cool. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Like like they were able to like um make like you know their sound and have like really updated lyrics that it like still kind of like makes sense. You know, they just really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and those are like the top albums um of the year so far for me. All right. So I'm going to go through mine real quick. Uh, the Shame album, as we had talked about, um, one of my favorite post-punk albums that I've heard in recent memory since um, probably, I forgot the name of the album, but um, something like Free Yourself or something by Savages um, back in 2013. That was like the, my last favorite post-punk album, and this is probably like on the level of that. So that album is really fucking good. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I really liked uh, Six Dash One. I, like, I thought that that song was just sick. That's a super good like uh, treadmill or running song or something like that. BPMs are very good on that one. So I highly recommend that one. Uh, the Nick Cave, uh, Warren Ellis uh, album. I really like that one a lot. It had a lot of the cinematic qualities of the shit that they made for movies. Um, like they made like the Hell or High Water soundtrack. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They produced that. Yeah, it's a great movie, right? So it has a lot of those kind of Western qualities to the to the sound. where It, it does sound like Western bank robbing music or something like that. Mm-hmm. And But it has a lot of the themes of today. And it's like very... Um, just super well done. Um, 
it feels very post-modern, I guess. Like it's commenting on a lot of stuff from the from our era, but it's uh-huh. like you know from but like Nick Cave has been making music for like 40, 50 years, and he's still commenting on our kind of era. Like he's still up with it, like yeah, with it. Like uh, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, listen to like White Elephant or something like that. That's a perfect example. In the middle of the song, he's talking about like all the stuff that's happened during the summer, like like the pandemic and like not the pandemic, but like the protests and that kind of stuff. And, and for an old Australian man to comment on it, comment on it so perfectly, you know what I mean? With this, like with this Western kind of like creepy backing. And then in the middle of it, they have like a, they play the Scarface theme song. It's like, doesn't make any sense. And then it it transitions into this big, like almost like flaming lip style, like acoustic ballad. It's really fucking crazy. That song is crazy. And uh, Navy blue. That's another one of my albums of the year. Um, he came out with that, um, Christmas, I think of last year. So technically it's an album from 2020, just like whole lot of red is, but, um, most critics didn't review it. Like nobody even knew that it existed until 2021. So I'm going to count, I'm going to count it for this year. Um, Ryan, did I ever show you that album? That's like one of Earl's no, protégés. literally listened to it together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So Ryan, you, really good. Yeah, so Ryan, you like that album, right? Oh, yeah, bro. I was about to say, because uh, I thought he was about to run through that real quick. I was waiting for my end, to be honest. I got so much to say about that album, man. It's like, you know I love, like, the uh, the Earl Sweatshirt Associates, those freeform rapper types. Yep. Like, Mike and um, and Mac Homme, you know, all them. Like, so when you showed me the Navy Blue album, that, that shit had me fucking floored. And it still does. It's, it's something that, like... A lot of the time when work is intense, I'll just throw that out on my, on my break and like chill a little bit to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Me too. It's heavy in thought, but ambient wise, it's very like yeah, it's very nice, I guess super say. super reflective. I feel like you yeah. know what I mean. Like like, and he made all his beats himself. Oh yeah, they're, 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 I was about to say because as heavy as the subject matter can be, like um, and how personable it can be, like even then, like how floaty it sounds. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It sounds like a like a beautiful breakdown almost. You feel what I'm saying? Like, yep. Like so, it just I love that shit so much, bro. I think um, I think that it's one of the if we're considering it for this year, then I for sure think it's one of the better albums of mm-hmm. this year. Like probably top albums. Like it doesn't beat the Draco album for me, but it's like it can maybe compete with it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, w- I wish that album and I wish 1491 had come out this year because 1491 would probably be like my song of the year pick, honestly. It's just so perfect. Like just the way that it like comes in and like it uses that Dilla, you know, like the Jay Dilla horn. Have you ever heard yeah. like on donuts yeah. or whatever? It's like that type of, yeah, he uses that a lot uh, on that R. song. R. Mm-hmm. R. That's like, okay. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, so that's amazing. And he, he also has, has Billy Woods on that album and, um, Billy Woods and, uh, Elucid came together as Arm and Hammer. And they teamed up with the Alchemist to make my other favorite album of the year, uh, Haram, which uh, is the album with that was the, really <laughs> the pig yeah. hands. You listen to that album, you? Yeah, I mean, not like in depth, but I listened to it one time through. What did you think about it? Like, did you? I, it's very like grimy. That's how I. That's like the thing that comes to mind for me. Yeah, I mean, Alchemist's production is really cool to me. Like sometimes, like he can have like really like sparse sounding tracks mm-hmm. but it also like yeah he like just creates this like sparseness um that just like works really well um it, it gives it like a creepiness i feel like like when the beat is just kind of like yeah barely there 
You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. I feel like on like the Freddie Gibbs album, that was the case um, a lot of the time, where he would just mm-hmm. like kind of space it out and just give Freddie like room to just like say his shit. You know, mm-hmm. that's why Alfredo was. I know. I I still agree that it's like an A or, or like an A plus. Honestly, like we we put that in like our top three uh, albums of the year last year, and it's just crazy to see like those big names. Like I was looking back at um, what would have been out um, by yeah. this time last year. And it was the weekend, little Uzi Vert, little Uzi Vert again, and then I think it was Tame Impala. It was like a pretty like good lineup of music, right? Mm, yeah, and this year it's yeah. like you you get none of that. But I mean, you do get like like you said, like you get these albums that are like really fucking good that we're all gonna yeah be able to go back to like and just to go back to Haram for a second because like that first song, Sir Benny Miles, bro. Yep. Oh my god, dude. That beat is insane. Like that's what I mean though about like a sparseness. Like mm-hmm. it's it's like it's so it's like I don't know the beat. It just feels like it's that sample is barely there. You know what I mean? Yep. But it's like uh, it gives it gives Arm and Hammer like all that space just to like really flow over it. Um, yeah. So I love that song so much. When I, when I like uh, grade my albums, what I like to do, I like to avoid um, any sort of. Um, other critics opinion mm-hmm. you know i don't like to look at pitchfork or anthony fantana or anything like that so i like to try and just listen to the album on my own and figure out my own opinion on it and just give it a grade and give it like pretty much like the impression of what i want to write about it like i just like start writing you know what i mean and it's just like i like to listen to fantano and pitchfork after i grade it after i put it out and the thing that fantano said is that it's very impressionistic where like uh alchemist like you know, um, he, he's known for his kind of very flashy beats sometimes, I would say. Like, very cinematic beats at times. And I feel like he gave um, Elucid and he gave Billy Woods, like, the perfect beat to match their very, like, um, different style, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave them, like, motifs to go over. That's what Fantano said. And I, like, agreed with him on that. Yeah. You know, very, yeah, it's very like, abstract yeah. and, like, a bunch of, like, shit, like, flowing in and out of it, you know. Yeah, like... It's it's like it feels like the beat has the same amount of care as like the bars. Like it's it's yep. just as thoughtful, like it's just as just as like innovative, um mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a little bit more time. It might even grow it might even go up to like a West Side Gun Pray for Paris status because every time I listen to it it gets better. Um I love Indian Summer, that song is amazing and um Falling Out the Sky with Earl Sweatshirt. That's an incredible fucking song. Um and then my, I think my album of the year actually might be Genesis Owasu, Smiling with No Teeth. Everything coming out of Australia this year has just been crazy. Like Kieran J. Callanan, like uh, Tex Crick, uh, who's on Mac DeMarco's record label. They've just been putting out stellar tracks. Um, I think my song of the year, honestly, is probably Dumb Enough by Kieran J. Callanan. That's a dude from um, Australia. and um, But he, he played the guitars on like most of the songs on this album. And he gave them like, a very good like rock sound to work with. Very good, like '80s kind of rock sound to work with. Um, Kieran J. Callen, if you guys don't know who he is, he's like been working since like 2008 um, as a guitarist. So he's like hits the solos. He's like almost like a buckethead level kind of guitarist, like technically, but he's actually like makes like good albums. You know what I mean? I feel like Buckethead never made. You know, Brian, have you ever listened to Buckethead? Oh hell yeah, nigga, all the time, bro. When I was younger, bro. Right. <laughs> my cousins had Guitar Hero too, mm-hmm. so I heard Jordan. I was like, yo, this shit's crazy. <laughs> so I was just, nigga, mm-hmm. who got a landline? <laughs> oh, shit. Thank you. Damn. 
Dog, yeah, I fucking love Buckethead, bro. Like, I I remember, like, my cousins had Guitar Hero 2. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would watch them play. I wasn't really into any of that shit at that time. I was really into DMX, ironically. Mm-hmm. But, um, fucking, they would play, like, my cousin would play Jordan on, like, Expert and shit. And I thought that was the craziest shit. So, like, fucking, I just, I just be, went all over MySpace listening to Buckethead shit. And I could definitely see the comparisons be between uh, Buckethead and um, name escapes me at the moment. I'm sorry, um, uh, Karen J. Kellenen. Karen, J. Kellenen. Karen J. Kellenen. yeah, I yeah, yeah. No, can. I, I definitely I, yeah. The reason why I uh, I mentioned that is just because like I feel like the music that he plays is very um, <laughs> the only the genre that I can describe it as is like literally like Guitar Hero, right? Because Guitar Hero, like every song is focused on the guitar, right? You know what yeah. I mean? There's obviously going to be a prominent guitar part that like makes the song. Yeah. So I feel like with uh with Guitar Hero, there's like a Nirvana song, and then it's like a Buckethead song, uh, um, you know, whatever, like a uh, Cliffs of Dover or something, right? Yeah. A song like that where the guitar is like so prominent and so good, and I just feel like on this Genesis Owasu album, like the way that Kieran um plays the guitar, it's so it comes from a place of experience. Like he's been he's played with the Strokes, he played with uh, the Voids, you know, he's like one of the best guitarists, like like one of the best like newer guitarists like but he's been he's been playing for a while he's been in plenty of bands but he's like just become uh coming to prominence now and i feel like this album uh he kind of makes it you know um the song drown with uh him is is incredible um it's like almost like boys of the summer but like almost like a modern updated version or like the boys are back in town or something one of those kind of songs did you did you hear that song um yeah you actually sent it to me dog like Mm -hmm. That that shit is so good, bro. Like, to me, there's some things on this. There's certain songs on this album that I would just like put on as like driving music, almost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if I wanted mm-hmm. to like set a set a theme for myself, like if I'm in a funk and I just wanted to make it fun, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I just put, I just throw, I just, I just throw a few of them tracks on and just cruise. You feel? Yeah. Like, I just be chilling. Yeah, he he's really funny. Like the way that he makes uh, his albums and the way that he like makes his statements are very out there and very not out there they're very um to the point you yeah. know what i mean like he was on the anthony fantano he uh, anthony fantano actually interviewed him and uh fantano was like kind of being very roundabout with the way that he was talking he was like you know like oh you came out with this album and it seemed like you like want to make a concept album which is kind of weird for a debut because it's kind of like you know most people don't go that ambitious and then he all he said was he's just like yeah they're pussies like people who don't make people who don't try hard <laughs> on their debut are pussy right and <laughs> fantano just started laughing like you know what i mean that's the way that I feel about his lyrics. The way that he like, the way that he comes through on like uh, a song like, like Whipcracker or something like that for for instance, which is like or like uh like Drown or like Don't Need You or something, you know, just like he's very like on on point about the things that he's talking about. Like he's just like mm-hmm. I don't fuck with neo Nazis. I don't fuck with this on the one song where he's like don't like say racist things to me. Fuck you. Like there's so many songs on the album where he like he embodies that where it's just like yeah like don't don't fucking make fun of me for that don't like come at me with that like this is not the 1960s i'm not gonna give you a pass like you know what i mean like you're gonna get your ass kicked if you talk like that in public and uh you know because you know that's kind of a, a big problem I in australia appreciate that so much though right it's a big problem in australia because yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's something you don't hear much about and like i had two friends out there uh shout out to aaron and um and fucking davis they from wollongong um they was telling me about that shit like a while ago bro like about how fucking wild races even their parents were, nigga. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. You know what I mean? You wouldn't think parts of the world, you, you would think with the way they taunt the state, 
that everybody else got got past all this shit, but they still on the same tip. You know what I mean? And right. I'm looking at you too, Canada. Get your shit together too. Yeah, Justin Trudeau. You know what I mean? Yeah, nigga. <laughs> but, For real. But um, but yeah, um, not only that, just the way that he, I so the, the way that I looked at the album at first, I almost saw it as like a up the pimple butterfly kind of type of album because that's actually what he and Karen J. Callan had kind of marketed it as. I feel like 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 almost like a a socially conscious album, like that's like a concept album, almost like a tip of a butterfly or like a good kid, mad city or something like that type of concept album where it's kind of hip hop. Yeah. It's kind of funk. It's kind of like, you know, all those kind of things that it's inspired by concept albums like that, or like the Lauren Hill album, very like focused on one theme type of thing. But, uh, it does have, it is very multi multifaceted. Uh, as I listened to it more, I also heard like themes of depression, which is again, something that I saw in the Fantano, uh, review, shout out Fantano again, uh, in his review, after I, after I had reviewed this Genesis album, I saw him say that it was about depression. And I was like, I didn't catch that the first time. And then when I listened to it back, I'm like, how did I not see it the first time? It's just very like, you know, the more I listen to it, the more things I get out of it. Right. That's what's, that's what's so great about a lot of this shit. You know what I mean? Cause it's like with all of the shit that we put into the chat or into the, my bad, the, the playlist on Spotify. Um, there's a lot of things that, that, that I would honestly still revisit. Like, even with the current cycle of new shit coming out, it's like, I'm always going to go back to that Draco the Ruler album. I'm always going to go back yeah. to Crazy Man. I'm always going to go, I'm going to go back to the five constantly. But even with the, the new shit that came out, even with Crispy Life Kids, third person, which is really good, came out like two nights ago or on Sunday. Yeah, it came out on Sunday. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I feel like the current state of things musically is like, it's actually, I think it started off really bad, but it's starting to, to pick up like a lot of steam. I mean, we even got young nudie on the horizon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's dropping teasers left and right for that, um, that Dr. Evil album he's doing. So like, it's just picking up. I feel like people have been forced to get more creative, like, um, with, with the means, you know what I mean? Even like the Boris album last year, that album, no. They recorded that in like three days uh, during oh, yeah. the pandemic. And it was just about the pandemic and about like the state of hate like in, in the world at the time. Like in like, you know, like, like oh, like we just want to fucking go outside type of shit. But they just took the anger angle. They didn't like mention the virus on the album. And like that was super creative to me. Or yeah. even even like all the even like the Pierre album, like the Fraser Trill or the Drago album. Like it's all kind of produced by Detroit producers, right? For the most part. And Draco himself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Draco album has like, since I said before, there's a West Coast and LA, uh, West Coast and Detroit like, uh, style like uh, interchanging thing where like, the Bay Area guys are working with the Detroit guys, the LA guys are working with the Detroit and Flint guys. Like it all, it all just cycles into this triangle thing that just works perfectly. And mm-hmm. the Draco album has. West Coast beats produced by Michigan guys. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yep. you wouldn't think so. And it also has Wheezy on it. It has fucking Wheezy on it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I think it's just, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's cool. And like, you go on the, any of these guys' pictures. Like, I was just going on uh, I Swear Vezo's uh, thing right now. On his fucking uh, little, his uh, little teaser for the little dirt thing that comes out on Thursday. He's got Trippy Red commenting in it. You know what I mean? Like who? How the? F- how are they gonna intersect, bro? <laughs> I feel like if they're able to save both Lil Yachty and um, uh, what's his name, Trippy Red's music, from being from being like mediocre or bad, you know what I mean? I think they can do anything. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Lil Yachty, you know, he wants to make, he wants to make fun of uh, uh, YB and Namir for that horrible Soul Train song, but <laughs> don't tell, don't think we forgot about "Bring It Back" by Lil yeah. Yachty. One of the worst yeah. songs of all time. Hey, Yachty, <laughs> Yachty, Yachty, as much as a joke as some of the shit he did um, was, like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep it real. He put a lot of niggas onto this Michigan shit. You know what I'm saying? I've been I've been on for a little bit because you know, I like I've been Yachty. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to uh, to Sada Baby for a while, and you know that like fucking when he popped up on uh, on Bartier Bounty two uh, on uh, on that song Courtside, and he bodied the track. I was like, my god, he can do that! Mm-hmm. And it was just yeah. it was just really fucking sick. Uh, he's like, he's got his hand on on the on on every finger on the pulse. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I think Yachty's last album doesn't get enough credit. Um, like I liked it. Think Yachty's gonna prove himself in the next couple of years, but um, I think Lobo Three was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Whole time, uh, what else is good? Uh, yeah, up there music, West Side. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, um, I really did. You know, kind of like some of the songs on that album. I like the song with Rocky and Tierra Whack. Um, that that was a pretty good song, I think. That was like a good. I think Lil Yachty's good at at um when he does weird shit, and when he does posse cuts. I think that's when he's best. I would say. I thought up there music's beat was so fucking good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked a lot of the beats on here. I like Concrete Boys. I remember I was like just driving around, just like smoking a blunt to Concrete Boys. Like that shit was tough. Concrete mm. Boys up. Mm-mm-mm. Um. But yeah, I, I can't wait to see what he does next. Like, I love Yachty, like, Luki. Like, I know, I know he hasn't had like the best albums all the time, but I think, I think he's, I think that's more because he was being pimped by like, or he felt like he had to be pimped by the industry. Um, but I think now he's making a lot of smarter moves and he's doing cooler music with cooler artists. I think so too. I think that um, it's beneficial to have these young niggas in the game that like are really looking out to everything else. So, you know, Yachty, Trippy, um, whoever else that I've missed right now, um, them looking to everything and, and kind of just sort of expanding and trying to put other niggas on that may be veterans, you know what I'm saying? But only mm-hmm. veterans in that area. Just why, like, Icewear has been making music. Yeah, he's a like, vet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Icewear and, and Bang and the whole Bang gang, like, whole, all them niggas, they've been doing it for a long-ass time. So to see them... Get there, just dudes outside of Detroit is is nice. Also, nigga, are you chewing on the mic right now? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> this, this is this is this is some ASMR shit right now. Bro. I'm getting tingles right now. <laughs> like, fucking, like, I'm on, I muted myself. I'll go back. <laughs> nigga, getting me hella relaxed right now. <laughs> some yeah, broccoli. This is a friend simulator after all. You know what I mean? I feel like we should probably all be eating. You know, I mean, just kind of like we're at the dinner table, like. Oh yeah, my Chinese yeah. is definitely we're all drinking coffee. Right yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I yeah. mean, that's that's really all I said. These young niggas really are putting on for for people who who deserve it, and you know what I mean. Like, one last thing that I failed to say was, 
Yo, like, I know we were talking about the last five albums we were listening to, whatever, the top five, mm -hmm. but I really wanted to push this and I forgot to. You should really give that Loyal Bros album a fucking try because it's it's like the whole new generation of drill just got put on at once. Like, mm -hmm. everybody was looking at Chicago as, as kind of like the has-beens, like, oh, they put on for everybody. Yep. That album was like, no, 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 no. Not only did we put on, but we still got, mm -hmm. and we still got... And, even more behind them. You know what I mean? You got street legends like THF Zoo and fucking, uh, and Buka 600 and, 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 and Memo 600 like coming up and, and fucking, you know, talking their shit and it's crazy as fuck, bro. They even got Vaughn doing some incredible posthumous work. So like, y'all oh. should really listen to OTF, it. OTF, right? That's what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't hear you at first and I, I was looking yeah. through. Yeah, and I heard the names and they, they sounded familiar. Like, uh, yeah, do it for Vaughn. Uh, Toxic. Um, what other song is good on here that I was listening to? I like Rules. It was pretty good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, uh, Cats and Trackhawks is just an amazing. Yeah, that's a good one. Song. For sure, man. So he, that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, y'all should really uh, consider, like. Out the roof, like, too. Fucking, like, when you, if you have spare time soon where you don't, you're not listening to anything new for the page. Try and sit down and give that one like a thorough listen. I promise you, you you'll feel if you don't. At the very least, you'll feel something like. Yeah, you guys should put a, a review for that out or whatever. Just that's do like yeah, a, even I were talking about. We were gonna do a split on that. Like, you can even I do just, a video I, or yeah, whatever. Like like a tent, yeah. like whatever, like a writing a writing thing. Uh, you can you know write it or whatever, like a, like a conversation that me and Troy did or whatever when we yeah. did Jesus versus like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Type of shit. Exactly. I'm down, bro. Like a transcript. Like, if you got free time, this the Friday, let's do it. Yeah, that's probably that's a that sounds like a good idea. I want to see your guys' take on that. So, yeah, I um man. I listen to it every day when I work out. Like so good. So, all right, well, hold. Let me get my Chinese food. But I, I got no other. I ain't got nothing else to say, man. I think we I think we pretty much good unless you want to talk white boy summer and all that shit. Which ooh yeah ooh yeah. <laughs> he said ooh ooh. That's the stoner, ooh. That's the, ooh. I should do that, too. Say, ooh. Yo, yo, All right, so, um, yeah, so for the albums that I checked out, um, I'll start with, like, the more genre-heavy ones. Um, so the first one was uh, Saturine by a band called Pink Shift, um, and they're really cool. They're an up-and-coming uh, punk band out of Baltimore, um, they released some songs last year that were pretty cool. Um, this is kind of a compilation of those releases, plus, um, I think one or two new songs. Um, yeah, one new song called Mars. Um, but this is a cool band. Like, they're, um, unlike, I mean, the punk scene always has had black people in it, but like all these bands that I chose, um, or at least two of them have like, a pretty <coughs> diverse uh, group of people. Mm -hmm. They have a pretty diverse group of people uh, for these two bands. So, yeah, Pink Shift, definitely check them out. I'm going to be doing a review for them. Um, their sound is a lot like the um, mid-2000s, like Paramore um, kind of vibe, Panic at the Disco kind of vibe. Um, very angsty music. Um, and... You know, I was really impressed because I, th I felt like they had a really de well-developed sound. Like, they're really well-produced, and they also, like, their songwriting is just really spot-on. It feels like they really know, um, you know, how to utilize their talents and also just, like, what kind of music they want to make. So, really impressed. Um, 
by this by this band and can't wait to see where they're gonna go um i really like the song mars and toro off of that album um and i'm gonna tell my therapist on you that was a really good one too um <laughs> yeah that was a really good one um but yeah it's a really short album it's only like uh i think it's like 20 oh no not even 20 minutes it's like 14 minutes long five songs so really easy definitely want to check that out um mm-hmm. I, I listened to some of your uh, ones that you, you uh, recommended, Home Is Where and Pulses. I really like Pulses a lot. Yeah, dude. I, I was going to talk about Pulses next, dude. Pulses is sick. Um, so they're, like, it's, it's kind of hard to define them. Um, on their Spotify, they say that um, Pulses is what you get when you take four dudes with wildly different musical backgrounds and stick them together. And it kind of feels like that. Um, yeah, like our show. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um they're they're like i guess they they have a pop punk feel but like literally bro there's like hardcore on this album there's like some midwest emo vibes on this album there's some math rock on this album you know what i mean there's some hip-hop on this album bro there's even like memes in vines and shit on this album it's just so cool like these these guys are really just like it feels like four dudes who are really passionate about Mm-hmm. like music and just like art and who are just mm-hmm. really talented who are coming together to make um cool music um standouts for me are like um the song as a treat like that was a really cool like anthem vibe um and then i like some of their mellow tracks like evidence of absence and um i meant it that was really cool but then they also have like really cool hardcore tracks like we're gonna play steve and general grievance um so yeah, and they're just like they're just super super talented. Like you can you can tell they have so much skill. Like they'll jump into like you know like a death metal breakdown beat, and like you'll know that this fucking dude can play this shit. But they'll just do it for thirty seconds just to show off, and then they'll switch up the vibe. Um, so definitely a really cool really cool band for um, anyone who likes you know um, metal metalcore uh, hardcore punk pop punk like. It's literally all in that album. Hold on, I need to pause for a second. I gotta blow my nose so bad. Cool. Um, so my next album is the Draco the Ruler album. Um, and that was called The Truth Hurts. Um, I initially, I had no idea. Like, I wasn't aware of this album until Ryan put me onto it. Um, excuse me. And at first, like, it took me a second to really like understand like because like i've never been into like the the west coast like sound you know what i mean um like i haven't really been into like yg that much and like you know what i mean like those dudes like it wasn't really my thing i'm from the east coast you know what i mean like i listen to like atlanta shit new york shit you know what i mean philly rappers um but like this album really like opened me up to it and made me understand it made me um aware of like what the point of the music was and like i think i gained a larger appreciation of it because of like some of the stuff that ryan taught me just like and learning about like draco's life and like how much that impacts his music and how much you know what i mean like how, how important and relevant this shit is to like his story and like how relevant he is to like his community um made me appreciate it and then also just like you know understanding the vibe a little bit more made me just like be able to fuck with it so 
Um, yeah, I bump um, it a lot now. I for sure, dog, and like there's something I agree with you on a few things. Or matter of fact, not that I agree with you, it's more like I feel the same way. Uh, like I didn't, I didn't, I haven't cared about YG's music since like. 2016 really when like fdt was like huge and shit but um i mean i don't know like up until now other than ty dollar sign and kendrick and earl sweatshirt like there really hasn't been anybody with like well those three don't right. really sound like the west coast like right, right, yeah. right 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 yeah i was, right, I was thinking right. i was gonna say tyler but he doesn't feel west coast either yeah like none of those guys sound west coast and then like like the west coast rather than in the, the traditional people. sense right and then the people that are making west coast music sound like little ygs so it's right. like <laughs> it's it's the same like dj mustard hey hey Hey, shit, just fucking like right, right. a different like. <laughs> yeah, I, I like yeah. I like the West Coast sound a lot. Like, um, me and Ryan have been listening to uh, Lane Changing a good amount. I think. But sob, yeah, but they're different. They're they're different. They're, they're, again. I'm, talk, I'm talking. I'm talking about. Let me let me specify L. A. Because the Bay has always been popping. The Bay has always had like just the weirdest sound that that intersects with like everything else. But like, yeah. if we if we talk in L. A. Draco. Is to me the best artist out of LA currently mm-hmm. in terms of like doing that gangster rap shit because yeah man him and the Sting team like they they took a fusion of LA and and fucking um and uh, hold on let me go back let me retract in that mm-hmm. statement a little bit O three Greedo too him yeah, and O three Greedo, Greedo yeah him and they from the same projects too shout out to Jordan Downs man fucking. Them niggas, bro, like both of them, they sound so different from everybody else that it's just like, yeah. like you take any of those albums that that I posted by any of them, I like it ten times over than YG's like best album. Like I just, yeah, I I really really appreciate it. And with Draco specifically, he sounds like like evil. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's yeah. Just, he's just like, oh. yeah. Your yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like even in the Vlad interview I sent you, bro. You know what I mean? Like we were talking about that earlier, but like in that Vlad interview, he just sounds dangerous. Like you can tell, like that. It's just like these these dudes are really about this, and like when you when you like I don't know, you just like. Bro, I don't know he, that that element made me just fuck with it a lot more. I don't know oh, why. Yeah. Uh, imagine a nigga in some house slippers, just like uh, just exhausted. He go, your friend's gone. They can't even revive him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? Like, yeah, that shit is so nasty. Bro, his yeah. his tone of voice is, is fucking crazy. Just the way he. Oh my god! The whole god. album. The, so the first album, I thought that that was just the flow that he was doing for that song. And then I get to the next song and the next song and it's like the same like kind of low voice. Right, like, you realize it's just how he talks. <laughs> at first I was like, uh, okay. And then it's just like, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. he it's, said he, on the last album, he, I'm just going to say like, cause the most, some of the most outrageous lines I've heard this year have all come from him for the most part. Yeah. Uh, on the song Fuck 6 9 from the last album, he say cannon on my hip at all times. It's a photo shoot. <laughs> like, oh yeah, wow, God. wow. <laughs> Come on. Damn. Uh, pull, what, what he say? Uh, fucking my bitch bad. She's supposed to be looking at my wrist and it's saying what it's supposed to say. Yeah, like, yeah. What, bro? Like, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, bro. Like, this nigga, he's got, he's a complete package, bro. He's legit and he's got the wordplay. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. 
He calls his fucking his the extension on his gun the uh, uh, Pippi Longstocking, bro. Like, <laughs> who thought of that? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's just yeah. It's like it, it's it's a different kind of creativity, bro. It's like it's like coloring outside the lines type shit. You know what I mean? Like, and it works so well. And I'm just like I'm so excited every time I hear a song because I'm like I know that they they put some effort into it. You know what I mean? Hey, man, if you mind me asking, you got a favorite song off that album? Uh, it's either... I like Same Order. I like yes. Engineer Scare. Dude, Chrome Hearts is so fucking good. Don, Don Tolliver is really good, too. Like I like Don Tolliver a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. in the lamb truck. I'm Don Tolliver. It's so like. good. Yeah, Chrome Hearts. Chrome Hearts had me, man. Chrome, Chrome Hearts... <laughs> I, I, I feel like the, I feel like the feature on Don Tolliver, uh, or the feature that Don Tolliver had on Don Tolliver, was uh, was really funny the way that he came in, and he was on the song for a good amount of time. I thought he was only on it for like twenty seconds, but he like did like a chorus, like a mini chorus, kind of. Would you say, Ryan? Like, how yeah, would you yeah. describe that? Uh, like, he did it. He had a he, well. He had his verse, and he had like his little um, bridge. It was yeah. a bridge. Like he he bridged right into it perfectly, and like. It was my favorite song on the album for a while, but the intro is my favorite because because of how just sinister it is. Like, it just feels like like two niggas that just got off of like just shooting a bunch of niggas just got together and were like, yeah, wow, what a day, huh? They're just they're just fucking <laughs> passing around a cigarette and like, yeah, you know what I mean? All right, Denny's. Yeah, like say something, Max. Like sometimes <laughs> something about violence just gets me excited. And it's like, but you don't even sound like you sound fucking. What? <laughs> like, He's just never you know excited. I mean? On Neiman Marcus, should I mean? What do you say? You said I'm at Neiman Marcus. Should I go on a drill? I thought he had what? a song called Neiman Marcus. I was about to say what? No, nah, no, nah, he. I'm, I'm pretty sure he does on one of his older albums too. But yeah, bro, like I need to listen said, to that song. If true, he, he said I'm at Neiman Marcus. Should I go on a drill? Like what? Yeah. Like, that's, I don't know. That's that's why it's album of the year to me. Like it's just it's just so like un untouched by with all this stupidity in it and how real it is, but how animated yeah. it is. Yeah. Like so it just got me it's, excited. It's like camp. It it's like yeah. camp. You know what I mean? Like that's what it feels like to me. Like like campy, like horror movie shit where it's like you know, it's like serious but like there's some kayfabe in it, you know what I mean? Like there's some like you know, just like extraness about it but it's still legit you know what i mean yeah i know what you're saying yeah it's like uh i don't know like i don't know if you guys ever seen like a brian de palma movie like like scarface or Mm -hmm. like one of those kind of movies where it's very gritty and very pulpy almost like a quentin tarantino movie but like it's very original and like stylistically it's like you know genre defining you know type of shit like scarface is like a legendary film or like blowout or something like that is like a legendary film you know what i mean i just feel like it just blow up yeah have you ever seen that movie yeah, yes. I wrote a paper on Blowout. You did? Yeah. Bro, I fucking love Blowout. <laughs> Blowout's pretty good, yeah. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> yeah. We watched that shit in film studies class in high school. That shit was amazing. You did? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Yeah. Bro, I've been wanting to talk about Blowout for so long. That's like one of my favorite movies, I think. Like, you want to watch it tonight? Yeah, we should. The, the ending of it is so bad, I will say. like the, the His makeup effects are, are so bad. Um, oh yeah, they're horrendous. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever seen his older movies, like... Uh, uh twins or, or sisters the nah. it's that's like a similarly like amazing movie but the the makeup effects are so bad it like ruins the movie 
But um, yeah, by Scarface, I feel like he really like got that shit. You know what I mean? But you know, that's a tangent. Talk for another time. I just feel what I'm trying to say is that his movies feel very gritty and very legit, but they also feel really feel very pulpy. That's kind of the same way I feel about Draco. Like mm. like wild comparison, but you know what I mean? Like uh, I see it though, for sure. That's how I feel about the Arm and Hammer album too. It's legit. You know what I mean? Like Billy Woods is like a legit, like very renowned rapper, very good, and like the Alchemist beats are so gritty. You know what I mean? And it is a little bit campy at certain points. I feel, you know, I, you know, it's a kind of a kind of a, uh, I feel like a theme throughout the year. It's almost like, again, like cinematic cinematic albums because we like don't have movies. already know the answer never mattered every night he drank and pissed up the mattress kept turning it over and backwards till he threw it out late on the box spring like a cactus madness some slowly go some just vanish don't make a promise you can't keep don't make a keepsake out of grief i can't promise anything it's pills to help you sleep it's ill but you're like krill in that cold deep alcohol seep out the pores like gills air squeeze out the ocean floor leviathan swim with open jaw as many times as you can. 